0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Let's go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let's talk to NBA writer for the AP. His name is Brian Mahoney. Been covering the week for a very long time. Brian, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. How's things?
1: Things are good. We are trying to figure out uh, what exactly to make of a a weird couple days around the Cavs. They have what might be the signature win of the season, and then they followed up with just uh, a double overtime game against a Bulls team that the night prior had lost to the Pistons. And fans right now, they're very confused. Brian.
2: <laughs> well, I, I'd, I'd want to chalk it up to just the emotion of uh, the one game. Sometimes it's just hard to play the next. It's a uh, you know uh, you want to say okay, move on to the next one, but. It's hard to get over a game like that Dallas game was sometimes and turn right around and play again. And, uh, you know, I, I I think the real Cavs team is, is probably not the one that lost to <laughs> the Chicago there.
1: Well, so that's what we're trying to figure out. Like, who, with a real Cavs team, please stand up. Like, who is this real Cavs team in your mind from what you see out of this Cavs team? Who are they to you?
2: Well, I always think in a question like that, you have to sort of look at, you know, how, look, you know, everyone during a season you know, wins 8 out of 10 or loses 4 out of 5, whatever. But you have to look at it over a long course of time. And Cleveland, look, they've been really good since, what, mid-December? I mean, uh, this is not a, like a kind of fluke short run. They've been very, very good for a long time. So I think you have to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt that they're a legit good team. Uh, you know, it's been, what, are they, 20 games or 500 since December? Uh, I mean, they're they're very good.
3: A lot of the conversation around the Cavaliers obviously centers around the season that uh, Donovan Mitchell has been having. Darius Garland, though, he's back in the lineup, and um, uh, you know it's hard to see how these two guys really uh, fit together when they're on the floor uh, together. What's your take on uh, how JB Bickerstaff has been using them, and uh, I guess the the long term prospects of both of them being able to. Uh, have the type of uh, success and level of play that everyone expects them to when they are on the floor together?
2: Yeah, I understand why there's questions all the time when a pairing like that happens. I think, you know, credit to Donovan, and I didn't even realize it myself until I sort of looked at the stats this morning, you know, how good his numbers are in every other category, Uh, you know, as far as rebounding and assists and steals, uh, just playing a totally complete game of basketball this season. So, uh, you know I think when you when you you know do something like that you can really play with anyone uh whether he's the same position in theory or not and uh so you know I think it works uh you know much you know I don't think it's a concern right now I think it works just fine because I have well he's played
3: How do they uh, get going together though cuz it seems like that they share the spotlight and what I mean by that you know one night or one quarter it it's Donovan's turn and then it flips over to Darius and then it goes back to Donovan so how do they get to a level where they're both getting a maximum offensive output
2: it's hard it's hard to say uh honestly it's you know anytime you put a guy you know as soon as you know Kyrie Irving went to Dallas I said like, how's you know how's I going to work with Luka Doncic uh you know I've been in New York when they brought you know Steve France here to play with Seth Marbury you always say wait these guys can't do this together it's not gonna you know whose turn is it going to be you know, who's who's going to be the one, who's the two, all that stuff. I get it. It's really just up to them and the coach. And, you know, obviously, I think when you have a team like they have, you got to find a way to make it work. This is a team that can go very far if these guys play to the level they're supposed to play at. So – the motivation is certainly there to find a way to make sure they're doing that.
1: Yeah, Brian, I feel like though it's kind of it's funny you mentioned Kyrie because I feel like in the world of uh, Batman and Robin in the NBA, we're always constantly trying to do that. Like it's Luca, it's Kyrie, it's KD, it's Booker, it's it's Giannis and Dame. Like we, the list goes on and on. We're making these one-two tandems. Is it fair to suggest now? Maybe we thought entering the season it would be Donovan Darius, maybe morph into Donovan Mobley. Is it fair to suggest even throw a, you know Jared Allen in the mix that the Cavs just? We're just going to live with the idea it's Donovan and then it's going to rotate on any given night?
2: I think that's how a lot of good teams end up. Yeah, I think that's a very fair way to say it. And, you know, look, I think he's their their number one guy. Uh, I think, you know, this is a pretty all-star in the NBA. I think he's the guy you'd look at, but it doesn't mean that, you know, it's not going to be Garland's night a lot of times or Allen's night sometimes. That's uh, that's just the way it works. And, uh, you know, again, if it's all one guy has to dominate all the time, you're not going to go too far. But... I think they can find a way to win. Just He will play well all the time, and some nights he's not going to be the best player on the floor for them.
3: If there is a criticism uh, of this Cavs team, maybe not even a criticism, a concern, uh, it's the the physical element. We we saw it during the playoffs last year with the Knicks, who were able to push them around and uh, dispose of them rather quickly uh, in the the first round of the playoffs there. Uh, We've seen this season, um, including the other night, where, uh, you know, they got out rebounded by like 40 by the Bulls, which is uh, <laughs> seems somewhat ridiculous in today's game. But uh, we do see the Cavs, uh, you know, fall to opponents who get real physical with them and and push them around. Are they able with the the way this team is uh, presently constructed? Do you think that the Cavaliers are able to match physicality come the the playoffs? And are, are we making too much of that element?
2: Well, no, I mean it's fair to say. Look, when when you lose a series the way the Cavaliers lost last year, when they were, you know, good, quite honestly, manhandled by the Knicks, uh, you know, I, look, people are going to say the same thing. Well, I know they're having a great regular season, but anyone can do that. What happens when it gets physical? Come playoff time, defenses get tougher. their the calls maybe aren't as frequent. They they have to prove that. I think they know that. I think Jared Allen knows that after the way he played the playoffs last year. That that you know, Mobley. That's just. Uh, that's part of the job and you know, can they do it? I think to be, you know, I think in their favor, there's not a lot of ton of teams like those Knicks were last year that are that physical Uh, you know, they, they, you don't see teams like that very often. So, it's maybe not the same concern at the same time. Yeah. Look, if Cleveland wants to go far, they're going to have to be much better in that regard than they were in the playoffs last year.
1: Brian Mahoney, the AP joining us here on 92, three, the fan. So what happens with Donovan? Is it all based off what happens in the postseason, Or do you feel like it's already written in the stars? So either sign the extension, or do you feel like there's no way after what you've seen here with the Cavs that he signs an extension?
2: <laughs> well, I'm here in New York, so we all think it's coming here. got I know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I really don't know. Um, you know, obviously people speculate that, look, everybody wants to go play home someday, Brooklyn or New York or whatever. Uh, but it's been a good situation for him there. Uh, yeah, I know certainly it's an attractive reason to, to consider staying, you know, whether he does or not, I don't know, you know, we'll find out, I guess, but uh, the Cavaliers certainly, I think have made him feel comfortable. They've given him a winning organization. Uh, it isn't like there's anything really wrong that I can tell. So, Uh, It's going to be, I think, something he's going to think about.
1: Does he have to go to the Eastern Conference Finals to stay, or do you feel like even if they, if they, if they did the same thing they did last year and got knocked in, uh, knocked out in the first round, do you feel like it is that? Because you mentioned it, and I agree with you. I think the. I think the setup here in Cleveland is unique. They let him be the number one. They let him be the guy that scores on any given night. He gets the ball last. He In the final two minutes, it's all on him. It's on his shoulders. I think he relishes in that. Uh, do you feel like the situation is too good that even if he does fall short, he'd consider staying?
2: It, that would be a good question. Uh, you know, Certainly, if they if they lose the same way as last year, then you got to look around, I guess, and say, okay, you know, Boston's not going anywhere. They made a lot of good moves in this summer. Um you know, Milwaukee obviously got Lillard, everyone did something better. We didn't go any further. So uh certainly he may then say we're just not good enough. And uh that's that's why you have to win. Everyone knows like that's uh, you leave it open if you do not advance in the playoffs to your player saying, I'm not gonna win here. So uh the regular season's great, but yeah, uh if it's if it's a tough decision, it doesn't get any easier if you don't go far.
3: Aside from Boston, who's the team that uh the Cavaliers in your view Should worry most about landing uh, in the first round of the playoffs?
2: You know, (laughs) if the Knicks actually got healthy, uh, I would say that's, you know, based on what we saw last year, you don't want that. And the way the Knicks are faltering right now with the injuries, they could fall back to a situation where they would be six or seven and possibly play the Cavaliers in the first round. Uh, You know, if they have all their bodies, if Randall was back and, and Mitchell Robinson was back uh, yeah, I don't think Cleveland want to see that on paper, but, but otherwise, you know, I think they match up with everyone else in the East just fine, uh, outside of Boston, who, you know, I think we all believe is the best team top to bottom in the league.
3: You mentioned the Celtics. Is there anyone in the East that can take them out?
2: You know, if, if everything went right, I guess, and Milwaukee became the team that, that we thought they could be going into the year, you know, you wouldn't rule out Lillard and Giannis, I guess, but, uh, you know, I just think Boston has everything you need, uh, you know, scoring-wise, defense, the bench, uh, the backcourt is, is just they can shut down teams when you look at White and and Holiday. So, I, I don't really know what you can look at and say you're going to beat the Celtics four times. I mean, I you know, you never rule out anything, but based on what we've watched for the first, you know, three quarters of the season, I why not pick them to win?
1: Brian, I, I watched a LeBron game a couple nights ago against the Clippers. He raised a 21-point fourth-quarter deficit. I I... I... I don't know. Do you feel like he could be? It feels like he's just gonna play basketball forever. I know he's waiting on his kids to get to the league. It looks like Bronny's gonna take a little bit longer than he expected, but <laughs> I, I just it, it honestly feels like he's gonna play till he's 45. It's insane.
2: Uh, he certainly could. I mean, it's a, I've given up on, you know, people keep saying, look at what he's doing at age 39 or in his 21st season. Just stop mentioning how old he is. <laughs> he's, he's still unbelievable, and he's still better than 95% of the players in the league on any given night. So, uh, you know, are, are they good? You know, is, is he good enough to do this four times? in a series against a better team, you know, can, you know, against the, you know, could you do that against the Clippers in May when he's played, you know, 80 some games who know even LeBron is, some things are too tough to ask for, but uh, based on what we've seen, why would you never believe, you know, he can do anything. The guy's just, you know, rate him as high as you want all time and he's earned it.
1: Right. I don't know how old you are. I know you've been covering the NBA for a long time. I've been doing radio for like 15 years and I feel like you've been, you've been in that space the entire time I've been in this space. How old are you?
2: I, uh, I'm 50 now.
1: 50. Okay, good. All right. So you have a good memory of Mark Price, right? Oh yes. Okay, good. Mark Price. We have a, we have a host here at the station. I just want your outside perspective here. We had a host at the station, uh, actually host this show. He's off today though. His name is Nick Wilson. He says that Mark Price in today's NBA uh, would win an MVP, and he also thinks he's as good as Steph Curry. And now again, outside perspective. Do you think he's onto something here? <laughs>
2: Maybe a little bit. Uh, oh, a little if, bit. You, okay. <laughs> all right.
1: Not calling him a complete might, homer.
2: Okay. That, that, you know, I would rule out that he might be as, as good a shooter. <laughs> Point guard as Steph Curry, playing the way he played. I mean, uh, Mark Price was, was pretty incredible the way he could handle and shoot. But MVP is, uh, uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> Perennial all-star maybe. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, all-NBA player, uh, certainly. But, but MVP is maybe a little higher level than than he quite was.
3: What's the, as uh, we hit the home stretch here, we got, what, six, seven weeks left in this uh, regular season? What do you think is the biggest storyline as uh, the league goes down the stretch here before the postseason?
2: Well, it's a little bit a couple guys that you just mentioned, obviously, with with LeBron and, and Curry. You know, those teams are not even guaranteed to be in the playoffs yet. I think people are going to be interested to see if they do get in. Look, how good can they be? The Warriors are playing great basketball right now. They just had an incredible uh, February, and, and uh, you know, no one is going to uh, you know, you wouldn't look at Minnesota or Oklahoma City and say these teams are going to win because they haven't done it before. So I think people are curious if those teams in the West can, can make a great run. And, you know, in the East, I guess it would be, look, is, you know, as we mentioned, Milwaukee. Will they become the team that people thought, you know, people thought this was going to be a great two-team race with them in Boston? It has not been. Uh, there's still some time for Milwaukee, but, uh, you know, I just don't know if they'll get to the level Boston's at.
3: Everyone's on a forty thousand point watch for LeBron. Uh, ESPN's Dave McManaman brought up a good point. He's already passed it if you include like the you know the 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 play in tournament or whatever you want to call that. Um, what should That's the NBA point. do with those points? Because it it seems like LeBron's not getting credit for those points, and so he still has to get the forty thousand.
2: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I can't let anything think about it myself, but yeah, they, 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 you know, they've made up some things as the years have gone on. They haven't quite figured out how to handle yet. Um, you know, based on the points and even, uh, you know, the first year they did it when eight played nine, and the uh, team got in. I said, well, are they the eight seed or the nine seed then? And someone said, why Why does it matter? We never talked about it. I said, well, because they'd be the first nine seed to make it in, in theory. And, but, you know, there's, they're sort of, as they make changes here, they have to figure out how to handle that. But, yeah, those are points he earned. He scored in games that, uh, you know, went down in history. They actually were played and happened, so you should get credit for them. But uh, will they ever go back and retroactively fix it? It's a very good question.
1: No, people paid tickets. We watched it on TV. It happened. I don't. I don't want to see it taken away at all. Brian, thanks for your time. You're always generous uh, with your time, and we appreciate you hopping on. And uh, thanks for being very generous in the way of Mark Price too. Uh, you didn't have to be, but you were. I think. I think locally, we appreciate that here. Thank you. Brian. I remember
2: watching it as a kid. I liked him very much, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him. <laughs> He's a
1: stud, absolute stud. Thank you, Brian.
2: Take care, guys.
1: For asking you guys, what do the Cavs need to show you to make them a real East contender? And we're trying to figure out. You know, Nick had it yesterday. Nick was like, are they the 18-2 and team, or are they the team that uh, you've seen over the previous couple weeks? I think that's a question that's on a lot of
3: people's minds here, Dale. I think that there's only really one question to ask about the Cavaliers, and it's a very basic, simple one. Okay. Are they tough enough? Because that's what the playoffs are all about. And we found out last year, no, they weren't. (laughs) The, the, The Knicks had their way with them. Um, and that's why that Bulls game
1: was so disappointing on so many right, levels. But I, it was it kind of exposed the same thing we saw in the Knicks series. And I know it was one game, and I know it went to double over to overtime, and I know you played three games in four days. But it
3: just it highlighted it. It put a spotlight on that ideology right there. Well, we've seen this in you know throughout the season that they struggle most when teams shove them around mm-hmm. and are extra physical with them, and we saw the Orlando game. They were really bothered by the Magic's length and the the physicality. Now granted we can sit here and debate what the officials should or should not have been calling in that game, right? How many offensive fouls they missed or what it's immaterial. If it doesn't get called it doesn't get called you've got to play through it, right? So that for me is my greatest concern. Is this basketball team physical enough? Are they strong enough? Not so much mentally, but but physically you know, can they get knocked around and respond? And I think that on the, the answers that we've seen to that question are not the answers Cavs fans would like to hear. Like So um, I am legitimately concerned about that aspect going into the playoffs. I think it, look, this is a good basketball team. They're fun to watch, it's a great locker room. Okay. Donovan Mitchell. Is the antithesis of what the national media want to keep painting out there, as far as him wanting to get out of Cleveland, and that he that that's not. Who yeah, he I don't is. think there's
1: a storyline that doesn't match up more than the idea that he wants to be out of Cleveland, and then like if you're here, you see that that's nowhere close to truth.
3: Right, because um, he doesn't act like it, he doesn't talk like it. Even from day one, uh,
1: right? Day one, he was like, "I just want to be in a place that has a baseball team and a real sports city." Basically, he, that's how right. he dog Utah. He was like, "I, I'd love the idea of being able to go to a baseball game." What does he do? He goes to the baseball games, right? He goes to the football games. Like you can tell, he he wrapped his arms around it, and I understood some yeah. of his complaints about Salt Lake City.
3: But but you know, as much as I love Jared Allen, he's not a mean player. Like he's just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. He, well, he, I, he, I, yeah, he, we, we've been plays. wondering
1: now for how long, but but the, the questions come up, right? Like, are they too, are they too nice? And I, I remember talking about this uh, like a week and a half back or so. When, after the All-Star game, it was All-Star weekend, um, there was an interview with Chuck and Dame, and, and Chuck was like, hey, listen, you got to get meaner. You and Giannis, you guys are too nice. You, Giannis, and Doc, it's going to fall on you guys if it doesn't work, but you and Giannis, you guys are too nice. You guys got to be a little tougher. You got to be a little bit meaner. You got to do a, you know, a little bit more of those type of things. Yep. And I, I related it back to this Cavs team because I, I think Donovan's got a little of that in him. Not necessarily being mean, but I think I think Donovan can be like, hey, be at your spot. We're doing it this way and this way and this way. I, I just don't know that anybody else in that team has that.
3: Yeah. You know, they have to find the happy medium of how to shove back when you get shoved. Not I'm not saying, you know, pick fights and stuff like that, but if... Guy is being very physical with you, you know, pushing, and shoving, and elbowing, and whatever. You got to dish it back a little should bit. We,
1: should we have honestly, you know, we laughed at it at the time? Should we have gone out and gotten a Dylan Brooks or someone? Someone that's like a, an enforcer in the NBA? Well,
3: I, I think that the thought was of them, you know, bringing Tristan Thompson back, that Tristan Thompson was going to be that quote unquote enforcer. Type of a personality for them, and well, I, I know
1: they wanted that with Niang, right? And they definitely and, wanted that with Struess as well. And, and like and, that was an, there was an emphasis, a point of emphasis within the off season, get guys that can shoot and also guys that had a little bit more of that that
3: mean streak to them. But right. I, it didn't work. Out we've the way seen they a, we've seen a little bit so with Struess. We've seen a little bit with Niang in stretches, right, where they they are I mean, they're, they're, to, they're tougher than Allen because
1: Allen and Mobley are. Uh, I mean, they're care bears.
3: Yeah, like I, I think Allen is. Allen's too nice. Like, uh, yes, which which
1: we knew when he was in right. Brooklyn, right? Like, what, I, I'll never forget the headline. It was on uh, uh, one of the New York papers, and it, it, it was doing a whole expose on Jared Allen, and the and the headline was talking about uh, how he's the NBA's nerdiest player. Like, all right, great. We got a guy that's the NBA's nerdiest player and likes to work on computers in his free time. We have another guy that likes to solve Rubik's cubes and do all the other stuff. Like, I mean. It's not like it was hard to identify that these guys weren't gonna be the meanest of people. They're very, very
3: Well what well, exactly what you would think humans. That the 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 Bill Russell legend, right? Throw an elbow and you'll never have to do it again, right? I just throw one, right? Just throw one so that they see you through one and you'll never have to do it again. I like that. I like that I, a lot, to be I, honest. I, I kind of feel like that. That's but but what- if Jared Allen
1: threw an elbow, I don't think anyone would buy into it. We'd be like, oh. <laughs> We'd be like we don't believe you. We can we can tell you as it, like you slow down the image. You know how when J Ram socked Tim Anderson and like they had that big fight, it was like I mean that was there was no holds bar. You could tell J Ram had sparred at some point in life, and that was a that was a hook, right? You'd you'd slow down the imagery of Jared Allen throwing a punch, and he would be like grimacing within his own eyes, his eyes closed, and like he'd frowning be a- as he did it. No, he'd be
3: apologizing as he
1: does. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah. He'd,
3: he'd be winding up to take two. Minutes, I'm he'd, sorry.
1: He would Hit him. Hit him. <laughs> and then as he's as the guy falls down, he'd be like trying to pick him up and being like, "I'm sorry. Where can I send the edible arrangement? I'm so sorry. How do I how do I make this right?" But, but
3: I, I I you know so that's that's the thing for these guys. Like they're they're a good team. They're fun to watch. Um, they have a lot of talent, but I can see them matching up against the wrong team that shoves them around a little bit in the playoffs. And I hate to say it, but if that happens, I worry that their stay in the postseason will be well as long as it was last April. All right, is Daryl right? Are the Cavs too soft? below
1: I guess that your biggest. Put it up on the poll. I Are the Cavs like charmin' re-
3: soft or regular soft. You tell I, I, us. I, I, I would like the record to reflect. I did not use the term soft. I just said they need to be meaner.
1: Can I get a jury on this one? Can we? Can we? Do I have to go to the Russian judge, Keith Britton? I don't even know if you're Russian. Uh, do we? Can I, get a, can I get a ruling on this? Can you be? Can you be anything but soft with how uh, Daryl described that right there? I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure you all but called him soft.
3: I did not use the term "soft." What term would you use? use the term. I just said they needed to be meaner. If you implying lack, that you lack meanness, they lack meanness you? and they're and they're soft. Basically, I'm trying to call him soft without okay, actually good, all right, all right, good. Soft. Hey, listen, you're 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 it, hanging out you, with us now. You got it out of me. Uh, you're hanging
1: out with us. We, <laughs> you, there's no nothing proper has to happen here. We get in the mud. You
3: got it out of me. Yeah, nah. use,
1: use terms that when you see these people in the locker room, they give
3: you dirty looks. That's what hey, we go for here. Hey, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Just don't squeeze the Charmin. Oh, that's why a
1: lot of sports radio hosts don't actually go into the locker rooms. for being honest about it anymore.
3: All right, two one six four seven
1: four to below ninety two. I do feel bad for you in that respect. I I I, I watch you come in here i force you to throw grenades and and lob all sorts of heavy heavy handed words in their direction and then we immediately send you right back into the locker room to to go ahead and
3: face everyone and anyone i may or may not have had players want to beat the tar out of me but you know i mean it's not i I didn't
1: force the words out of jared allen when he said the lights were too bright he he voluntarily offered that one up I hope he learned from that, but he voluntarily off offered that, well, that the, one up.
3: But you're seeing at times where they don't respond to the physicality. And it it costs some games. And that's all the playoffs are gonna be. Like <laughs>
0: What you'll wear on that third date, download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. minimum ten dollar per order, additional term supply. It's completely different from the regular season. now, could they be physical though, if they even
1: wanted to is the question I would ask. I know you' you guys are both you're going be like well, they're going to be like they're six foot uh, ten they're they're people confuse them to be trees at times. they're very well, tall, but but I mean, they might be tall, but they're both very skinny. They're built like twizzlers. Okay, the two of them. Between Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. I mean, and, I need and, to offer some of my protein shakes that I'm drinking in between the break.
3: And both of them could snap you in half without even thinking twice. Well,
1: yeah, they got 10 inches on me. I, of course they're going to be able to snap me in half if they want to. They're not They're not going up against me. They're going up against... Andre Drummond can snap either one of them in half if he wants to, and he showed it. He showed it the other day, and that's that's part of the problem here. Like, I'm wondering... I know we asked them to be tougher, and we asked them to be this and that. I I, I don't even know with the way that they're built if they can be, even if they
3: wanted to. You know who they need? And this really pains me to say this. They need Draymond Green. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say
1: a, a GNC card. Okay, sorry. No. Um, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, Draymond, that's why I brought up Dylan Brooks. Like, you think Draymond, you think Dylan Brooks. They're, they they're, need, they're very different players, they, obviously, but they're both enforcers. We don't have many yeah. NBA enforcers left. Draymond Which, does the dirty work. Draymond gets into the nasty stuff that nobody wants to. Is it wrong that I,
3: I miss like teams like the bad boy Pistons? No, it's not
1: wrong. I mean, I think a lot of people... Think about those type of eras in, like, in fond we're, ways.
3: We're in this era, too, in sports where everybody loves everybody, right? Everybody's friends with everybody.
1: That's right. Social Mo- media's helped with that, right? Mostly because you're, of yeah. social
3: media, mostly because of how transient pro sports has become, right? You never know who you're going to have to Not as many agencies,
1: with. either, is a thing a lot of people right. don't discuss. But, like it's, but so you want to be really cool with people that are in certain agencies. and I, You go parties that the agencies
3: throw, and you get to know them. I really miss the days where... You just had bitter hatred for dudes. Like, you, you respected them. Like, Bird and Magic hated each other, but they respected each other. But they hated each other. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I miss those days where you where you had players that legit hated each other, respected them, couldn't stand to be in the same room with them either. Like, I miss those days. Yeah, like like, they wouldn't I'm, even I'm do, like, promo videos
1: together because yeah, they'd be so mad at I'm each other. I'm trying
3: to think of today, even, like, NBA or – I, I, no, I the problem is like
1: Mahomes and Josh Allen go golfing together.
3: Yeah, like I can't think of anyone where there is that bitter hatred between superstars. Our very
1: best young stars don't hate each other.
3: Yeah. You
1: know, Shohei Otani, the only feud he's got going on right now is the media because he married what he called a normal Japanese woman. That's His words, not mine. He said normal. It was a weird way to put it, but he put it out there. <laughs> And and then everyone's like, oh, what's going on here? Like this is odd. But he's got no he's got no peers in baseball that hate him. Mike Trout doesn't have a single person that hates him. In the NFL, again, Mahomes and Allen, they like, go golfing together. You watch it on TV. It was like called where's a match. Albert
3: Bell v. Fernando Vina?
1: Wow, <laughs> right? It just doesn't exist. It's, it just, not, it's not a thing. Everyone wants to be cool with everyone. Right. That's the world a- a- we live a- in right yeah.
3: now. Yeah, everyone's friends with everyone, and that's
1: I fine. I honestly, I think that's a healthy thing for a lot of the environments that we're trying to that we're talking about. I think that's, I mean Joe, a very healthy like look, way of looking at life is to like, hey, let's be cool with these people instead of hating our uh, you know these people that also share the same interests as us and are trying to just be great. Uh, you know what? I Joe think? Thomas had a Steeler present him with his gold jacket at the Hall of Fame. I think though, but I, yeah, but I think what happened here. Well, that was, that was circumstantial more than it was. No! Like, what are we doing? I think, I think the athlete, the high-powered... As high, much as
3: I love Joe, you can't have a stealer present you with your gold jacket. He's a stealer! The was high, not?
1: The high-powered athlete, in my mind, though, the difference here is that I feel like they take so much heat from people on Twitter and online and social media as it is, that it almost becomes like a band of brothers. Like, why am I going to take it from you and dish it out to you guys when I, you get it in so many corners already? You already have so many anonymous people that you don't know in your life telling you you suck. You don't need the people that you actually do know telling you you suck as well. And I think there's also a recognition for how hard it is too. I just in the '80s just didn't exist in a lot of ways because like like Jordan if Jordan didn't want to if Jordan wanted no criticism he didn't have to face any criticism like it just didn't exist the way that it it does now. And so I feel like there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, But then if you met up if you met up with Bird on the court there was no running from that. And Bird oh, knew, yeah. and Bird knew that, oh, yeah. and you weren't getting it from so many directions, right? And so if Larry Bird told you trash talk, that was the only trash talk you were getting in any given day, and you could be shook by it. Nowadays, Kevin Durant takes on blog boys uh, for breakfast, like that's what he does. You're not getting how are you getting at Kevin Durant when he he actively seeks out arguments with people online? Yeah. He's calloused over. There's no there's nothing you can say to Kevin Durant to get to Kevin Durant at this point. Yeah, Draymond Green would have
3: loved playing in the 1980s, yeah, but, 1990s. Like,
1: what, what are you going to say to Kevin Durant that's going to get him on tilt? Nothing. That's why Draymond and Dylan Brooks are so effective. It's because they yeah. bypass the trash talk and they go straight for the chandelier. They just they just <laughs> kick you in the, in, the, in the stones and don't even they don't even think twice about it. It's a different world. You said that the Cavs got to get a little meaner. We went over all the different ways that we believe they could get meaner. I just don't know if it's actually in their DNA, Daryl. And I think that's going to be one of the, the talking points as we go closer and closer to the postseason. And I really do feel like as we get closer and closer to the postseason, more people are going to be forgetful of what happened in the Bulls game. They're going to just cleanse their mind of some of the recent past couple weeks. And they're going to focus in on some of these games we have coming up here, uh, starting this weekend. And you're going to have a lot of big games. Obviously, Detroit tonight is not a big game, even though Detroit <laughs> did beat Chicago the day prior to us losing to Chicago for whatever that's worth. Uh, but we got a, we got some tough games coming up on the schedule here, and some really truly identifying to where we stand in the in the Eastern Conference.
3: T- tonight is what I call a get well game. Hopefully. That's, again, that's
1: what the Bulls thought in the it night needs, prior. It,
3: it needs to be for the Cavs. And it the Bulls went two work.
1: for 1,200 from the perimeter. And <laughs> it was like, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. below 92 Bob up next on the fan. What's up, Bob?
4: Hello. Um, uh, this is Bob, first time caller. And I'm very frustrated with um, – Hey, Bob, Bob, I'm happy it's your yeah.
1: first call. Next time you call in, though, you don't have to tell yeah. us your name is Bob if I say, hey, Bob, I'm going to you, okay? I got, oh, I got it down. Okay. I got
4: it down. It's, it's okay. noted. Okay, good, good, good. Good. Hey, All right, so we're on the my, same page. My, my comment is Jared Allen. And, and something I haven't heard you guys talk about, or maybe I missed it, is to me when I see him on the court – against other centers and and other players in general, he looks like he's never lifted a weight in his life. He looks like he could gain some weight. Get a weight training program. Get the coaches to get get on his butt. I offered him protein shakes last segment. Was
1: that not good enough,
4: Bob? What's that?
1: I offered him protein shakes last segment. Was that not good enough?
4: I I, I must have missed that, but I, I just wish he would lift weights. You look at him against other players, And he he just looks weak, physically weak. I mean, he he has no muscle tone on his arms. Bob, do you have a program you can send him? uh, No, I wish I did. I wish you did too. Man, we were so close there. do you think does he lift weights? do you guys see him like weights? I would hope
1: he lifts weights I mean I would
4: think he does I something. mean d- doesn't he look soft to he you might guys? not
1: hey do you remember when Kevin Durant was in the draft and he couldn't he couldn't bench press a single like you know they had the bench press of the combine for the draft? He didn't get one rep he, on the bench in the in the combine not one yeah, but he's a totally different player. no, Very I know I know never. I just thought it was fascinating, right yeah yeah oh, yeah 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 I mean he, he, he put on he put on some muscle Kevin Durant did.
4: Yeah, he did. And I think Jared Allen needs to do that in the offseason. Right. We, we, and, and one other comment. We, we had a guy that I'm disappointed we, we don't have anymore. He plays for the Knicks right now. He's a backup. I can't remember his name. We had him for a year or two. He's at one of their centers, a backup center. And he had a mean streak in him that I really liked when we played him in the playoffs last year. Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: Jeez, I I I don't know who you're talking about. Daryl, do you know who Bob's talking about? I'm Googling it as we speak. All right. We'll get that. We'll get that locked up for you. All right. Thank you, Bob.
4: Okay, thanks a lot.
1: All right. Thank you, Bob. I don't know who he's talking about.
3: That was Bob. That was Bob.
1: I, I would rate Bob's first call into a sports radio show. What about Bob?
3: <laughs> we
1: obviously the like the the obvious connection there is if you think Jared Allen isn't tough enough and you think Evan Mobley isn't tough enough, you'd probably want them to both put on weight and you probably want them to get bigger so they can hang with the Vuceviches and the Andre Drummonds of the world because they clearly weren't able to against Chicago the other night. I mean, Andre Drummond still might be pulling down rebounds. Uh, the game's been over for 48 hours, and I think I just spotted him the other day, or the other uh, last hour I, I think, on the court,
3: still I think, grabbing boards. I, I think as you just said that, he just pulled down his 99 pretty sure pretty game. sure he just
1: got another one I it's
3: wild but I
1: I don't know what the answer is it's not as simple as you've been around these guys it's not as simple as just saying hey put on weight and then we'll watch you get bigger when your mentality I don't believe is that of somebody that's a an enforcer or somebody that's going to be even if they had the strength somebody that's going to use the strength that's why I did the profile I, I highlighted the profile of Jared Allen from his time in New York when they said he was the the NBA's nerdiest player. Like that's who he is, and I, listen. Just, just because you're a nerd doesn't mean you can't be an enforcer. Miles Garrett is a hell of a nerd, and he's an enforcer. But it does come with the tones that you're not going to be historically somebody that wants to get mean and rough with people. And I feel like Jared Allen is he's that to he.
3: They just need to get mean. That's my diagnosis of the Cavaliers.
1: Just need to get mean. But he, and if they did, it would it would feel it feel weird at this point, would it not? If Jared Allen all of a sudden socked a dude on a court. Or Jared Allen all of a sudden uh, started pushing players around and started making his presence known. It would it would be weird. It would look weird. But that's what they gotta do. That's what they gotta do. And JB's gotta push that message then. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Josh up next. What's up, Josh?
4: Good afternoon. So your previous caller, he obviously has no idea what it's like to have your jaw wired
1: shut, be only on a liquid diet, and end up losing weight because of that. That happens to everybody that would break their jaw, not just
3: alone, an athlete. Darius, yes, he's struggling, but who wouldn't struggle after that injury and coming back with his face
1: being what it looks like to be a magnet just to get hit two or three times a game? And that's the hard part when it comes to Garland, and thank you, Josh, I appreciate you. I mean, I don't know how Garland... (sighs) You break your jaw. He's in Paris. He has to bring a blender out on his table to go ahead and blend up his steak. True story. In Paris, he's got the uh, big fancy restaurant. The whole entire team's there. All these fancy people around him. And he's the dude that brought a blender to a restaurant to go ahead and mush his steak up to be able to drink it. Like, that does something to a man. Like, that's... I, I understand he's, why you'd have some hesitancy he's, after that, but he's got to get over
3: it. He's had some tough luck. Um, and this actually came up uh, in conversation with J.B. Bickerstaff a few weeks ago in regards to Darius and the facial contact that he's had to deal with in the facial injuries uh, that he's had to recover from. Look, I mean, remember the, these, they're human beings too. And, um, you know, I I don't expect that like Darius Garland is gonna go out there and be the enforcer. No, but no. what you need though is the next time, you know, someone gets hit in the face, uh, pretty pretty strongly on a foul. Which by the way, we see at least one of those. It seems a game. Somebody needs to do something on the that's on the floor for the Cavaliers to make it known that you're not gonna want to ever do that again.
1: By the way, Isaiah Hardenstein is the guy that people are thinking of right here. Isaiah Hardenstein. I forgot that he played in the Cavs in 2021. Me too. Sorry, Bob. That's okay. You know, I think Hardenstein. I think Clippers. Classic me. I mean, (laughs) just a a big mess there. That's all that is.